Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Today, I'm going to unpack a few reasons why you may not be attracting as many clients as you'd like. And the ideas I'll be sharing can apply to services or products that you've been offering for a while, but they can also help you with launching new ones. But I'm doing things a little differently this time. I've split this episode into three parts because I want to give you a week to action some of the ideas I've shared rather than you walking away with a big to-do list. That way, when you listen next week, you can build on what you've already started doing. It's the most frustrating thing when you're sitting on a service or product that you just know is so valuable to your clients, but they don't seem to feel the same. And it can be disheartening too, because bringing any idea to life takes a lot of work. So to turn this around, here's what I'll talk about in this three-part series. Today, I'm going to deep dive into ways to make sure that your idea is actually sellable and things you can do to check. Next week, I'll move on to ways to promote what you're selling so that you attract paid clients. And in part three, I'll talk about making sure you have processes in place that convert browsers to buyers. If you haven't already, follow and subscribe now so you don't miss parts two and three. So today we're focusing on making sure that our offer is actually something that people want. As educators and education businesses, one of the traps we sometimes fall into is deciding what people want because we know best. And even if we do, and even if we know that our clients need what we're offering, if they don't know that they need it, it doesn't matter how good our offer is, we're not going to be able to sell it. So there are two things we can do to transform this. Firstly, if you're offering something that isn't very common in your industry, it means that your audience may not know the true benefits yet. For instance, when group classes and courses started springing up, the first thing that had to happen was a cultural and mindset shift. Many people thought and still think that one-to-one style of support is the best and nothing can beat it. Group classes were often seen as a cheaper alternative. But over time, people have started to value the benefits of a peer learning environment. In fact, for my tuition business over the last year, I've been contacted by parents who only want group classes. They don't actually want one-to-one. But that was unheard of just a few years ago. So when you're bringing something new or uncommon to the market, you have to work at educating people about the benefits of what you're offering. And you can thread this into your marketing. For instance, you can share stories of how you've perhaps benefited from something similar. You could talk about client successes. And if you don't have any clients yet, you could set up a soft launch. I did that with the Tutors Mastermind. Before I publicized it, I invited a select few clients to be founding members so I could trial the format and get success stories that I could then use to show people how effective it is. When I was struggling with my group tuition classes, I set up cheap taster sessions, again, so people could try it without investing too much time and money. 
So by trying things that help people realize the benefits of what you're offering, you're reducing that feeling of risk that clients might experience when considering signing up to your offer. But let's say you're selling something that's quite common in your industry. Perhaps you see other people successfully attracting clients to their offer, but yours isn't quite landing. In my opinion, the devil is often in the detail, and often those little details aren't publicized quite so much. For instance, I offer potential clients a free call with me, regardless of what I offer. Yes, it takes up my time, but it's worth it for two main reasons. Firstly, it's market research. From listening to the questions and concerns that people might have, I can be proactive in mitigating those through my offer, which makes my offer more sellable. For instance, when I launched group classes for my tuition business, two questions kept cropping up. Parents asked how I made sure that each student got my attention, and they asked what would happen if they couldn't make one of the lessons. Those questions don't crop up so much anymore, and when they do, I have a demonstrable answer ready for them. Instead of explaining how I teach like I did before, I just show them. I have a collage of live footage from lessons, so parents can see exactly how I interact. And in response to them worrying about missing lessons and wasting their money because my clients block book for a whole half term, I decided to record lessons and give them access in a private learning space. So by talking to people, listening and responding, you can add small things to your offer that makes it more appealing to your clients. Another way to check whether your idea is robust is to keep your ear to the ground. If you think about any business, It exists and thrives because it solves a problem. And the more important that problem you're solving is to your audience, the stronger your idea is going to be. Now, I realize this sounds really obvious, but when you interrogate your ideas, you might spot little areas that could be improved. I'll give you an example. Before I came up with the Tutors Mastermind, I defined what I wanted to achieve and I almost made a big mistake. I knew I wanted to be able to help more people in a flexible way. But if you've listened to past episodes, you'll know that I operate on the principle of designing businesses. And that means taking into consideration what experience we want as business owners. So in my mind, I thought, well, I really want something that's scalable in a way that doesn't require so much of my time or input. And if it was a passive income, even better. So I came up with the idea of creating a library of short and sharp videos tailored to tuition businesses. They were going to be very different from everything I'd seen before. And this is where I almost made a big mistake. If I had gone with that, chances are it wouldn't have worked. And here's how I know. Remember what I said about talking to people? Well, that's what I did. And everyone who I spoke to loved the idea, but they also said they wanted something structured and live from me as well. If I had stuck to my guns and gone with this video library, then I would have allowed myself to be driven by solving my problem and not my client's problems. And as I mentioned earlier, an idea can only thrive if it solves a problem for your audience. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to dismiss what you want, but it does mean you need to compromise or find a balance. For instance, I didn't scrap my video library idea, but instead have kept it as an add-on to the tutor's mastermind, instead of the video library being the main offer. A really good way, therefore, is to get opinions from your audience. For my tuition business, before I launch anything new, I do two things. 
I run polls in my Facebook groups and I speak to clients. If someone has booked a call with me to ask me questions about tutoring their child, at the end of the call, I might say something like, just while we're on the phone, I'm thinking of offering this. What are your thoughts? Would it be useful? And these two things serve two purposes. Firstly, you get market research and who better to ask than the people who you want to sell your offer to. And the next thing it does is it starts promoting the idea before it's even become a reality. And you'll find that often people will say how interested they are and you end up forming a list of people to contact when your offer goes live. And there you have your first few clients. So if you're not attracting as many clients as you'd like, you can do three things. Number one, through your marketing initiatives, educate people on the benefits of what you offer. With marketing, I always aim to give as much information about me and what I'm offering as possible so that when someone actually gets in touch, I don't have to sell. They're already interested. Number two, your idea has to be a good one in the first place. And this means that it must solve a problem for your audience. Specifically, it has to be a problem that they know they have rather than something you know they have. And it's even better if solving that problem is a top priority for them right now. And number three is to speak to people. Speak to as many people as you can. Join forums and groups and listen to what your target audience are saying. What are they struggling with? What do they wish existed that you could offer? When you're speaking and listening to people, you can use your offer as your response and confidently know that it's aligned with what your clients know they want. So here's what to do over the week before I release next week's episode about promoting your offer so it attracts paid clients. Here are four steps you can take. Step one, choose something that you're trying to sell that isn't attracting as many clients as you'd like or zoom in on an offer you're about to launch. Step two, make a list of what problems it solves for your target audience and for you as a business owner. Step three, join groups, forums, and speak to as many people as you can. Run surveys, run polls, just do whatever you can to get opinions about your idea from your target audience. While you do this, make a separate list of the problems that people say they have. And step four is to go back to the list you created in step two. That was the list of problems your offer solves. Compare it to your research and see whether you can refine your offer by either solving more problems or by being more targeted with the problems you solve. Next week, I'm going to talk about packaging your offer in a way that appeals to your target audience so that you attract paid clients. In the meantime, if you'd like any help with analysing why your offer isn't selling, explore the links to various forms of support I offer. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening and you'll hear from me next week.